Welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 47. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardenas. I hope you are all having a fantastic day. I am recording this intro on my fancy new microphone. Um, it's not that fancy. It's like a level and a little bit up of the one I was previously using. Most of you probably aren't going to notice a difference. It's not like the one I was using before was bad, but this one, it's going to it's gonna give me uh, a few more options production-wise, and also it makes things a little bit easier for me post-production-wise with cleanup and stuff like that. And you know what? I've been doing this show weekly for a while. Uh, the number's been going up a little bit here and there with the listenership, so... You know, I decided to, uh, you know, treat yourself, right? <laughs> uh, on that topic, uh, numbers have been increasing on the podcast, which I'm really glad to hear because I want people to hear the conversations I have with these awesome creators. Uh, and hopefully that, you know, translates to more eyes on their work and them uh, getting a little bit bit more success. And um, yeah, so I think I'm going to keep going weekly for a while. We are rapidly approaching episode 50 and that's kind of blowing my mind that i made it to 50 episodes i mean for a while i i kind of thought like after like 50 i'd probably stop shut it down and then after uh, you know we're getting closer to 50 i was thinking like maybe maybe i'll make it to 100 episodes and i'll shut it down but it seems like i have more and more people asking me to come on the show i'm finding more and more people to ask to come onto the show and it's, you know, really cool. <laughs> I'm really uh, happy to see that people are connecting to it in some way or excited to come on. And, and that makes whatever extra little bit of work this is very much worth it. So, yeah, I guess you're stuck with me doing this for, for a bit longer than I ever thought I would be doing it. Um, yeah, so thank you. <laughs> now, I can't yak on too much because i have some great stuff to recommend this week and additionally i have a pretty long interview with chuck bb so you know you guys heard me talk about chuck a whole bunch the past few episodes uh with the giveaway from his Knox to the void album which you know i said ended but this is your last chance you know just hit us up on social media or hit me up on social media uh at don cardenas art at cmx coffee metal and I will send you a download code and a link to go get it from Bandcamp. Again, his his EP, Nosca the Void, it's just really cool. And it's free. And you should feel bad if you miss out on getting a free cool thing from Bandcamp. Okay, our comic book recommendation for the week is the Free Comic Book Day uh, first issue of Bountiful Garden from Mad Cave Studios. It is written by Ivy Noel Weir drawn by Buddy and former guest Kelly Williams, colored by Giorgio Spalletta, lettered by Justin Birch, edited by Steens, and some really great book design by Diana Bermudez. Bountiful Garden is a sci-fi effort, and uh, my buddy Kelly is kind of known for doing more horror-type stuff, more creepy, dark things, and it's really cool to see him apply his style to sci-fi. The premise of the book is a group of very young Explorers are on a terraforming mission. Something happens. They're woken a little too early. And they are in an area of space where there are things where there should not be. So 
naturally they have to think on their feet and decide to investigate a few things and you can tell things are not going to go well. <laughs> um, the issue ends on a pretty cool cliffhanger and it, yeah, it's, it seems like a really fun, cool setup. Now, you know, one could say that the, you know, sci-fi mission gone wrong, having to investigate weird thing is a bit of a trope or all that, but it, it's fun. It's a fun trope, right? Like it, it, it lends itself really cool to just opening up to a different type of story or any kind of, any kind of story. It could be horror themed. It could be something that just goes the absolute other way. And I think the genius move here is that the characters are all very young. They are, you know, probably, you know, no real age, uh, ages are given, but it's, I want to say early teens. Um, they're all, you know, very skilled at what they do, but they are younger. So a lot of potentially questionable decisions and things like that definitely, uh, lend themselves to be more believable <laughs> than, uh, you would if they were full-grown adults or anything like that. That all said, the characters are very well written. Everyone has a unique voice. There's the dialogue between everybody reads feels natural. It's it's not you know it's not like placeholder stuff or you know exposition dumping or anything like that. Um, everyone is you know written believably. It, it it's you you believe the characters and coupled with Kelly's art and Giorgio's colors, it it's all just a really really cool package. Of all the creators involved, I was only really familiar with Kelly's work, but based on this, I will definitely be keeping my eyes open for any work Ivy does in the future. And also, you know, Giorgio's colors are they 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 match Kelly really well. Kelly normally colors himself with watercolors, so I was actually surprised to see there's an actual colorist involved here and so it was really cool to see someone who kind of like got kelly's style and worked really well with it so yeah that, that that was a pleasant surprise everything in this book is done very well i'm also not familiar too much with mad k's output but they seem to be uh, attracting a lot of really cool creators and having a lot of cool community driven uh promotional things happening so i am looking forward to seeing what they are doing into the future so keep your eyes peeled for this free comic book day issue of Bountiful Garden number one. All right, for music recommendation this week, I am going with the new album from Beartooth Below. Now, uh, Beartooth is a, I guess what's classified as a metalcore band. I've never really been into that genre of metal or that subsect of metal too much. Um, just because the crossover of the hardcore stuff, that's... It, it, it's never something that's really grabbed me. But on this album, the more, I guess, usual metal elements in there are really, really sharpened to a T. They're really, really good, and they really, really grab me. There's a lot of groove on this album, and I definitely love a groove. The production is fantastic. It's super clear. Everything sits really well. The bass can be audibly heard throughout the entirety of the album. The drums are punchy, but not overpowering. Uh, the guitars are, you know, full of gain, full of just, you know, nasty, you know, gritty rawness. And but it's also very clean, very, very sharp. Uh, I guess that's that's the overall term I would use for this album is sharp. The vocals, uh, especially the screaming vocals, uh, are, are really well done, really well. The cleans, while technically really well done and all that, it takes me a while to get used to that style that I guess that's the hardcore influence or not. 
um, while I'm not certainly not a, a, a f- averse to clean vocals in metal, that's you know usually my bread and butter for the most part. It's yeah, just this particular style. It takes me a little while to get into, but I am definitely into it in this album. There are a ton of great tracks. The opener below and the follow-up devastation are definitely some of the more metallic tracks on the album. Uh, but the album also ends with an instrumental called The Last Riff, which is very, very heavy and very, very awesome. Uh, there's a few more bright spots in the uh, in the whole album. Again, I'm recommending this album as a whole. I enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, but just first things that I've really latched on to, uh, there's you know the opener below, Devastation, The Last Riff, and Phantom Pain, I really enjoyed. And the track Dominate were also one of my favorites. There's a lot of great stuff on this album, and if you're unfamiliar with them, uh, it's definitely worth giving a shot. If you're, you know, very hardcore style vocal adverse, (laughs) then this probably won't be the album for you. But if you're open to that, I definitely think you would enjoy this album. I think I'm, I think it's, it's time I go back and start listening to more of their previous releases and see, see if now, now if I I can, I can latch onto them and, and really connect with them. Uh, because I couldn't before. We'll see. We'll, uh, I'll see if I can update you on that. But yeah, Beartooth Below. I think it's a great album. Brand new. Out everywhere. You can get everything. Um, here's a sample of my favorite track, Devastation. Time for my guest. I've already mentioned it before. You've heard me talk about this man and his work many, many times before on the show. I don't know what else I can say. Chuck Beebe's awesome. He's a really cool guy to talk to. He's an amazing creator. And yeah, this was that a super long time coming to chat, but it was something I was very much looking forward to, and I'm incredibly glad we were able to make the time and do that. So let's go right to it. Chuck Beebe. Let's go. So, beginning of the year, I kind of changed the format of the show where I was doing comic book recommendations and music recommendations along with an interview, as opposed to having those being separate episodes. And I decided, like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, I don't want to draw too much attention to things or make it seem like I'm looking for any type of, uh, I don't know, like, fake approval or anything like that. But, you know, if I'm saying something nice, which I am, maybe I should just tag the creators and see if... You know, they, they appreciate it or whatever. And lo and behold, you know, <laughs> thankfully, uh, I not only really enjoyed Black Metal and your EP, Nosca the Void, I tagged you in it. And from there, we've actually kind of had a, you know, a lot of really great, cool uh, music and uh, recording conversations and all that. And so I'm kind of glad I started doing that. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think I would have, uh, our paths would have crossed in this manner. So. Uh, there's a ton more stuff I want to talk to you about, about black metal, about comics, about all your 
great artwork and your awesome music. But first, Chuck BB, I have to ask you, Comics Coffee Metal, what are you digging right now? All right. Well, the question is, where do we begin? Do we save, like, is this like a thing where you save the best for last? Like, do we save metal for last? If, if, wherever, whatever you want. We've, it's, it's run the gamut. Like, I, I we've skipped topics before because we've gone off, gone off on tangents <laughs> about oh. coffee or, or, or comics or whatever. So, uh, it's, it's your discretion, my friend. I will not skip any topics. First <laughs> things first. Uh, I don't know. Let's start with coffee then. Let's start with right. coffee. Um, I'm not like a crazy coffee man, but I do like to drink coffee every day. And like you, perhaps a little too many coffees. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I got I got more into coffee later in life when I started like uh, learning about calories. <laughs> and I found out that coffee, you know, sans sugar, is uh, nearly zero calories. Which means you can drink as much coffee as you want as long as there's no sugar in it. And you will never gain weight. That's very smart thinking, my friend. And not I... only that, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, but you will often lose weight immediately after you drink the coffee, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. It, it helps you feel, feel a little uh, lighter and more free for the rest of the day, right? Pretty much. Hopefully, <laughs> ideally. If not, then you got to throw a cigarette in the mix. Otherwise, you got to get that stuff moving. So, um, you, do you have like a preferred brand or just kind of whatever you yeah. get your hands on? So I kind of we kind of got into this Lavazza brand, which I don't know how regional things are. It seems like it's Italian, uh, and they have this like dark roast that uh, has a very chocolatey kind of vibe. And I can consistently put the right amount of beans in there to get the right flavor every morning. Um, it's also one of the few dark coffees that I can get my wife to get behind, mm-hmm. so it's nice. Um, the problem is it's usually like a more like you've got to pay ten dollars for a bag. And when you add up all them groceries, that's a lot of money per bag, but they're yeah. very often for sale. So that's kind of how we got in. It was always like mm-hmm. five bucks. Stock up. Yeah. Drink up. I think Lavaz is a national brand. I see I see them around. Uh, uh, as, you know, we've mentioned before recording, you know, you've listened to the show before. So, you know, I'm a big fan of Rootless Coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually drinking a cup of their dark right now because uh, we just gotten a, a small French press again. So we can Ooh. make like a one cup, you know, nightcap if we want. So, uh, yeah. It, it, but yeah, it, I can understand where it's like, eh, it gets a little pricey. But, you know, that's that's kind of our one real indulgence is just like buying nice coffee. <laughs> I, no, I like it. I mean, it's fun. I just get into this routine of just doing the same thing all the time. And it's just like, I don't have to make that decision anymore. But, uh, yeah, I've had some nice coffee. Like when we were living up um, closer to Pasadena, this is the some local LA talk for none of you. Um, there's a great place up there called Jones coffee. And I know that they also package their stuff and parse it out. I found out about it from that, like comedians in the car getting coffee show where mm-hmm. Jay Leno was the guest. And he was like, me, I never, I never drank coffee in my life. And I was like, no, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that place was really good, but I'm going to make everybody unhappy. Right. Say on the reg, I'm going to Starbucks. I'm getting a giant, like, cold brew, and I'm just drinking it. You know, uh, a lot of the criticisms I've heard and I would have about Starbucks is not the not not the cold brew. Like, I've it's always the the just the hot coffee to me. Yeah. I just can't, you know. But like, 
Uh, I know my wife really likes like the iced Americanos and, and stuff like that. So, and she's not a fan of the hot coffee from there. So I think, I think, I think you're safe. I think that's a safe, um, mm. you won't, you won't draw any ire from <laughs> coffee enthusiasts. I walk by like a boutique coffee shop with my giant like Starbucks, like a real dirty American. While well, these wannabe wannabe Frenchmen are sitting out there, just hiss drinking. at you as you walk by. Yeah, doing their work, quote unquote, looking at books. I don't know what's in them. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. I mostly do the Starbucks thing for the walk because it's like probably about a mile around. So it's a nice thing okay. to do in the middle of the day, yeah. especially when it's hot. Yeah, my my wife and I we often lament how there's no like coffee shop around here because we would love to like the closest thing is like a a Dunkin' Donuts which is like a mile and a half, mm. mile and a half one way away and we're like ugh no that's not really worth a mile and a no. half walk. But uh, well, it yeah. sounds like you found a void in which to fill. Open up that coffee shop that you've been dreaming. Coffee and comics. Coffee comics metal have metal on the weekends. Oh, it, it, I forgot about it, that. It's the per- it's the perfect way to lose money. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, 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 I I'll travel. travel. I'll travel. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we got coffee down. Check. Yeah. All right. So comics. Mm. What, what, what have you been reading lately? Have you had time to read? You're a very busy guy working on a bunch of stuff. Have you had a chance to read any comics lately? That's the hardest question, which I feel the most shame about. Is I I'm not up to date on like the newest comic stuff like i kind of have checked out to some degree from following comics on the day-to-day um i love comics obviously i have a great affinity for the the medium um but i feel like the last thing that i read maybe was i grabbed some stuff uh to look at and it was like some of those elric uh adaptations from like the 80s oh wow uh, or other michael moorcock uh stuff that's kind of the last thing that I read. Maybe a little bit of Walt Simonson's Thor, which that was always a blind spot. So I picked up a graphic novel of that and I've been slowly making my way through it. Uh, you know, spending time looking at all that art. Yeah, I picked up the uh, Simonson stuff on Comixology. They had a big sale about it. Mm. And yeah, it's just been like, I, that's one of the first things I read when I was a kid, like sneaking into my brother's room to read all his comics. Cause you know, being the younger filthy handed brother and not allowed to yeah. go touch his stuff. But uh yeah, going in there and sneaking in and reading like the old Simons and stuff or like Secret Wars and, and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really brought me back. So when I saw it was on sale, I'm like, oh I gotta do this. And then just rereading it, I'm like, man, this guy he had to figure it out. And just, you know, I've been dying to get my hands on uh his new series, Ragnarok. Because he hasn't you know, he's he's only gotten better <laughs> with time yeah. and, and, and and wisdom and age. So he's still pumping out just amazing work. So Beautiful. I hope they get him on the show one day, but we'll see. <laughs> that's that, that's a, that's a pretty big get. I think I don't think he really does podcasts, but <laughs> hmm. I feel like if you just go to a, sh- a convention, you could just find all of these wonderful folks and just say, "Hey, you want to do it?" And they'll say, ninety percent of them will say, "Sure." Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm really tempted uh, when cons start back up. Uh, the big one in Chicago, C two E two. Though I love tabling at it, like I, I'm almost half tempted just to like get a mm. portable recording, you know, a, a decent recording uh, mic for uh, my phone or something, and just like walk around and just, and just interview people on the floor that I, you know, I probably wouldn't be able to get to sit down for a whole uh, whole thing. But you know, they're there locked at the convention. What are they going to say? No, 
Yeah. <laughs> they got nothing better to do. <laughs> you can even get that refusal on mic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh boy. So no, um, it's 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 kind of the 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 thorn in the rose of making comics, right? Like you're yeah. you don't have time to enjoy the ones you do. Like, you know, before the show started, I kinda mentioned like you know, doing the show weekly now, you know, I have to make time to read something new. You know, I'm thankful enough that I'm able to find plenty of amazing stuff. Um, and especially, you know, amongst peers and friends who are making awesome things. I can be like, hey, can you send me a PDF of that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, thankfully, I know very, very talented people. So it's like easy to recommend this stuff. But yeah, I totally get where you're coming from with that. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And you know what? I haven't gotten into uh, the digital comic thing yet, so I probably should get on this comicsology and then partake of it. But I have this also bad habit with comics and many things, buying it and then not reading it. You know, I have a stack of things I need to read. And I'm also sure there is some stuff that I'm just forgetting and I'm having anxiety that I should be giving a shout out to a friend or something like <laughs> that. But uh, that that's always the thing, right? When it's like, oh, what, do, what are you reading or what are you enjoying? It's like, oh, man, I don't want to miss anybody. It's yeah. kind of like on Twitter with those like follow Friday hashtag things where it's like, you want to like, Hey, this person's cool. You should go follow them. And it's like, I, I can't do those because I'm like, I'm going to miss somebody. And I want anyone to feel like I'm like, not, you know, uh, thinking there's someone, you know, it's just, you know, some, oh. some variation of that feeling. It's just like, Oh, so but, much potential for anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I give myself plenty of that to begin with. So I just remove myself from that equation whatsoever. The digital thing though, I, I was very much a paper guy. Like I, I was like, okay, I, you know, I will read it on digital if I have to. But now that I've, you know, maxed out my allowable space of stuff with guitars and, <laughs> and all this other stuff. Yeah. Getting more books is not really uh, feasible. So, but yeah, you do get kind of that digital hoarding happening. Um, there's a thing called a humble bundle. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. so or it's like you, you, spend, you spend like 15, 20 bucks and you get a ridiculous amount of stuff. Comics or, you know, you do it for games and other things like that. But yeah, I've done a few of those for comics and it's like I have like all the IDW Transformer comics up to a certain <laughs> point, like ready for me to read. But it's like I, I don't have, you know, I, I tried to get it starting to read them and all that it just fell off of it and. But yeah, I have like that. I have a ton of image stuff. I have a ton of Valiant stuff. And then, like I mentioned, I got those like uh, Walter Simonson omnibuses and all these collections. Because sometimes they'll have a crazy deal where it's like, oh, for two bucks, you get like, you know, 50 issues mm. <laughs> and something why like not? that. It's like, yeah, why might Why not? You know, sure. I'll, you know, get the Dark Phoenix saga again. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can zoom in. Yeah, there you go. There can you, go. you zoom in? I assume you can zoom. Yeah, um, yeah, you can zoom in, and they can do the. Uh, you can even do like the panel by panel. Like it'll like, mm. it'll yeah, it'll show you panel, or or sometimes it'll it'll like scroll across the panel, the guided view. That's um, which is kind of neat. I don't that. I don't use it, but it's kind of neat if you just want to like look at something closer. Yeah. Do you, do you have like an iPad or anything like that, or are you? Yeah, I'm like relatively technologically uh, savvy. You know, okay. relatively. But not here yeah. for some reason. Well, my my first tablet was like a Samsung tablet. It was like a Ooh. Like barely barely like a. It was nice because on the the you could draw on it, 
And this, the mm. digitizer on the screen was from, uh, they used the Wacom technology or whatever. So it was uh. really nice to draw on, but the tablet itself, the, t- the tech in it was just absolute crap. Um, it would like overheat and just, it was outdated within a year. Like in terms of like, <laughs> I couldn't update the OS on it without having to like uh, jailbreak it and like sideload things just so I can like keep things updated. It was, it was, oh. it was but yeah, that's when I kind of first started reading comics, but the screen was like still smaller than what a comic would be. Yeah. So then once uh, last year I got the iPad Pro, I got the 12 inch one and I'm like, well, now it, everything looks gorgeous on this. <laughs> so and it's a lot easier to read digital comics on that. So I think the, the screen size was a big thing for me, I think. Yeah, that's a pretty big upgrade. And I've, I've messed around a little bit, too, with that iPad. Um, I forget the Procreate. Just just yeah. messing around and uh, pretty impressive. Pretty cool. Kind of is like a, a Cintiq in your lap. But, uh, you know, I think you could fool anybody with it. Yeah, I've done. You know, the past year of work I've done has been all on the iPad. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and I was never really a digital guy. I still prefer, you know, pen and ink and nib and stuff like that. But it's nice having that portability and having that ease. Um, I was doing some stuff digitally with Clip Studio. And I got Procreate, too. And, you know, I like Procreate. It's really great to, like, just open up and start sketching and drawing. Like, yeah, no, no muss, no fuss. Um, and if I had just started drawing digitally and had no prior knowledge of Clip Studio, I would be perfectly happy making comics and procreate. Like Clayton Henry, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, no. he's a he's a really great uh, artist. I think he's working for DC right now, and he does all his stuff in procreate. Hmm. And yeah, is but since I know Clip Studio, like, and and the mobile version is now pretty much the same as the desktop version. It was like, oh well, for making comics, I, I use the Clip Studio app, but. I've never used that one yeah, in any format. It's it's if you're familiar with Photoshop, yeah. The, the interface is very Photoshoppy now. Before it wasn't, oh. but now it's it, it's kind of like you can kind of figure things out from there. And there's a ton of tutorials as well. Um, uh, there's a lot of uh, great artists and colorists and stuff online that are like you know showing you the differences between uh, I think what's his name, uh, KM Russell. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a great colorist. He has a YouTube channel where he kind of like. He'll he'll like flip flop between programs and showing you how to do things in Clip Studio or Photoshop or Procreate or you know, and what you know what the benefits and downsides are and all that. So, yeah, hmm. was that the one that was formerly known as Manga Studio? Yes, yes. Ah, uh, okay. I think I might have purchased it one time and then never installed it. <laughs> well, I think you know I purchased mine for like what twenty five yes. bucks, like. I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago. That's the thing. And that's the thing I that, did. That's the one I have, and it just keeps updating. So it's uh. like, all right, fine. Like I don't have to. It's, it's that's where they're really, you know, eating Adobe's lunch there, where it's like you don't have to like pay a monthly subscription. You buy it once uh, and it's done. That is good. That is good. But boy, that Adobe Suite it offers so much, so much. Also, that you get like all the fonts and everything, licenses. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah, if I don't it, know if Clip Studio has that too. Um, well, I know in Clip Studio you can just you can load in fonts and all that, but I, preloaded it comes with some. But uh, mm. you know, and you know, I, I definitely you know I use a, an old version of I use a, a Photoshop CS6. Like that's you know because after that you have to like oh. go into the CC yep. monthly, and I don't use it enough to justify any kind of monthly 
mm. service charge. So I have that, and I have like an older version of Premiere if I do like a video thing or whatever. But you know, I, I'm not trying to like poop on what Adobe can do or sure. <laughs> and all that. But screw them. But in terms, but in terms of like for comic artists, like you know, Clip Studios really listening and Procreate is as well. And I know Sketchbook, um, that that program, they just branched off into their own company because I, I forget who owned them before, but uh. Now they're going to like start integrating more comic friendly things like perspective tools and stuff like that. So mm. there's going to be some competition for that. So yeah, but for, you know, other multimedia artists and stuff like illustrator and all that, like I see why you might be stuck in that ecosystem because, you know, one, if you know, they are the standard. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. You know, I love they, illustrator. They, they, they do have a lot of really great people working for them like creatives working for them creating stuff for them like i know yeah. in, uh, for photoshop they have a uh, kyle t webster doing brushes and stuff like that and his brushes were some of the first brushes i ever digital brushes i ever bought for photoshop and then and all that so yeah wow. um, but yeah, yeah. It, but it's also you know <laughs> it's a it's a big rabbit hole to get down as we've just <laughs> it is it is i was wondering <laughs> if the people were still hanging on our every word yeah I, I was, by the way, ah. for the record. All right, so we we we've nailed comics. We said we're gonna, so we're gonna hit all three. So let's get to the let's get to the big one, the metal. Big one. Also difficult because I was like, oh god, what am I listening to? And <laughs> it's a lot of things. Uh, okay, let's see. Where do we begin? Let's start with last weekend. Uh, I was I went over to uh, Amoeba Records in Hollywood, which is a pretty pretty wild shop. Yeah, a uh, pretty big, impressive place. And I went there because I was like, hey, I talked to the buyer about, you know, them carrying Nosk of the Void and they took a few copies. So I went in and spent mo- <laughs> more money there. <laughs> uh, I said, hey, let me help your bottom line. And you helped me. Um, and I picked up. Uh, are you familiar with the black metal artist Zaster? Zaster. No, I so can't one man. Uh, I recommend. Uh, I don't know exactly how to describe it other than it's a very unique take on black metal. Um, very, uh, you know, American, They're, uh, the artist. I think he goes by like Malif, Malefic or something like that. Um, and he's like just out of Alhambra, which is just outside of Los Angeles a little bit. Uh, very cool. Also went on and started doing some more like acoustic stuff recently. Very cool, too. Um, but this new record that just came out is a collaboration between Zaster and Casket of Dreams. And I don't know a lot about Casket of Dreams, but I think the the fellow in that band is kind of like one of the progeners of this dungeon synth stuff earlier. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of something like that. Maybe feels a little like it would fit in some like Italian horror movie. Um, not black metal, but it has certain amount of evilness that is present very atmospheric uh pretty cool i just i just checked it out this weekend um so it's digging on that uh the other thing i've been just started to listen to basically because of uh something i have to do um this lingua ignota i don't know how to pronounce the name so i don't even want to try to be cool um it's like less I, it's hard to say it's metal, but it is absolutely extreme. It's kind of like, I don't know, like some sort of starts off with some sort of like kind of uh, 
maybe 60s, 70s kind of like Judy Collins kind of happy flowers, good times. And then it just like descends into complete utter hell, like melting your face. And it's just mostly like this. It's this woman and she is just has a very impressive, rangy voice vocals. And the music is uh, ranging from ambient to like very like heavy, like chains clanking on the floor, just all kinds of stuff. But very cool, very intense, very extreme. Um, and geez, a, I, I don't want to speak too much about things I don't know about, but, uh, Makwa Hitul, they're like, um, I think they're American, but it's like a Mexican American kind of black metal operation. Um, it has this sort of like Western vibe to it, like almost like a Ennio Morricone kind of thing, but it's like absolutely black metal very brutal this most recent one seemed to be about like banditos or something like that but like or a murder ballad kind of thing about like an outlaw uh south of the border very cool highly recommend that's cool um yeah that that they're they're named after uh it's like a like a blade (laughs) it's like a club with if you see like yeah yeah, it's like a it's like a club and it has like these like blades almost like almost looks like like a ancient chainsaw (laughs) yeah Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Like analog chainsaw. It doesn't spin, but it's got it's got enough to murder good. Yeah, yeah. So, no, well, I'm I'm writing all this stuff down so I can go check it out later. Yeah, that one I love. I okay. I they, it's like a three-song EP. I I think it's on Bandcamp. Um it's one of those ones that I've like been trying to hunt the cassette down of and it's just too difficult to get whenever yeah. people put out do a pressing. Um But yeah, uh that one is a treat. You've got uh, Panopticon's new album, which is called uh, And Again Into the Light. I'm not, like, super aware of this artist. I feel like that's something you're not allowed to say if you're, like, a black metal person. But whatever. Uh, I just started checking it out. Um, This new album starts off very acoustic, and maybe, like, for seven or so minutes, it's, like, very mellow. Um, It has a foreboding vibe, but then it just gets, when it gets, like, fully into the black metal stuff, it's very intense and very true black metal. So, uh, digging on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that feels significant. Oh, I'm you, throwing about a bunch of things here. You know, you've named like basically four bands that like, I have no idea who he's talking about, but I have Perfect. to check out now. Um, which again, you know, as I've said before on the show, like is a boot, you know, a, a nice selfish thing for me. It's like, Oh, now I got some cool stuff to go check out. Um, yeah. yeah I, when it comes to like the, the black metal stuff, I'm still just kind of dipping my toes into a lot yeah. of this stuff because for the longest time, like the, the production of a lot of it was really a barrier for me. Mm. Like the lo-fi kind of stuff. I never was in the, I didn't have an appreciation for it yet. Um, though, you know, it wasn't ever, I never like was like, Oh, this is stupid or whatever. It's just like, I just, it's not for me. I, I didn't get it. But I'm I'm slowly, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm That's getting how it there. happens. I'm getting there. Very infectious. Uh, and and I think the more more of the stuff that I'm I'm getting into is the stuff that's kind of like not the traditional black metal stuff. It's like the kind of more, you know, offbeat kind of stuff. Or you, a lot of stuff you're mentioning, you know, the way you're describing it, it sounds like they do a lot with textures and things like just creating more moods and vibes with everything, and you know, along with the you know, probably the lo-fi production and like super 
inaudible guitars and things like that. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it for sure. Uh, Good. But yeah, I'm just like, oh, you know, I think, I think I got to find like the right stormy night while I'm working or something. <laughs> yeah. Or you just got to find the right, the thing that's going to hook, hook you. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Like, you know, within all these really like ugly things, there's often rather beautiful melodies that some of the bands will like put in there or something very interesting that maybe hooks that side of you that isn't mm-hmm. comfortable with this more like uh, avant-garde approach to sound. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, but that's, yeah, that's how it happens. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't come out of the womb ready for black metal as much as every <laughs> black metal head would, would like you to assume, you know, uh, unless, um, unless, unless you were born uh, split souls of a demon. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I am going against my own brand. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, have you ever gotten into the band Ulver or listened to any of their stuff? It's, I've seen uh, that name floated around, but I have oh, not. Oh man. Okay. Here's your homework. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> uh, the band Ulver. Very like one of maybe if not my favorite one of my most favorite outfits of all time, um, Norwegian band. Uh, the word Ulver means wolf. Um, it. What what I would do is I would start off with their original trilogy. So this is three records. Um, one of them is like super raw black metal, and perhaps like the rawest black metal. Like their intention was just to make it sound as raw as possible. Like it's kind of the one that everybody thought, oh, maybe this was the thing recorded in the woods, that kind of black metal <laughs> vibe. But like in the first song, and it's loud and it's intense and it's buzzing. Um, but they also throw in this like moment where they play these like classical guitar stylings, and they're just beautifully like like super skilled. And you're like, oh, it kind of lets you know like these this is their intention. They are doing this on purpose. It's not that they're bad musicians; it is that they are trying to be dark and brutal and and edgy. Uh, which sounds lame if I am saying those words right now, but in the nineties, very cool. Uh, Trey cool. And, um, the second album, I'm not sure the exact order, but the second album, uh, is kind of your like European folk music. So they're kind of the ones that really brought that in. I think, I don't know if that's true, but there are other, like, I think Satyricon started using these sort of like folkish things and uh, folk is always very present. In a lot of European bands. But um, it's it's like there's um, there's no it's not metal. It is decidedly not metal. That might be the third album. I don't know the order of it. Well, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at their their discography right now, and the first album is something called Bergtat. Oh, okay, okay. So that's the one. So start in that order then. Okay. That is the one where it's metal with like these choir vocals. Okay. Then there's and uh, Natten's Madrigal. That is the one that is like intensely. Uh, violent sounding very raw okay and then there's uh feldsanger yeah and that one is um not metal that one is like folk kind of experimental very the lead singer has this kind of really impressive and beautiful voice and i like the way that he finds hooks and melodies like he's also one of my favorite vocalists um garm and he, it's just, it's impressive to see his range. And I think with this trilogy, what you're seeing is the first version, the first album, which showcases like this folk music mixed with black metal. The second album, which is just black metal, 
and then the fourth album, which is like just folk, basically, or just these sort of like sound explorations. So they like it's very arty, but they like broke it apart. Um, and then from that point on, no more metal at all. They've changed their style with every album. They've gone through like ambient, almost quiet sounds, very electronic. Um, their last album, not the last one, but this couple albums ago, it's the Assassination of Julius Caesar, is one of their best albums, I think, uh, in their career. It's synth pop. Um, really <laughs> and it's awesome but they they retain this like the themes the themes that run throughout all the albums the idea of wolves and, and evolution uh is something that they held on to so like the, the themes remain the same religion uh whatnot that sort of carries through and they have an idea like their intention is never to remain the same and i really like that idea like i can't imagine being in a position where you're doing the same thing all the time so I appreciate that. I you know I uh, I really respect I respect the an artist's decision to do that to just kind of follow their follow their uh, muse, I guess, and just change yeah. you know just be, just be willing to change things up. Um, right, and like the music, and that you know, like most a lot of that '90s like uh, European black metal, Norwegians and stuff, they were very young when they made that. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine making the same music I did when I was 16 years old. Not yeah. that I made any music when I was I can't imagine making the same crap that I was doing when I was 16. Now God. that I'm a 40-year-old man. I say I you know I I would say that but I I'm literally like I literally have like three or four riffs from when I was like 16 that I'm using today. <laughs> well, that's good though cuz that's like honest, you know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, or, or mostly just because I just had no no idea how to write a song around those riffs, and I now that I have a little more uh, time under my belt and experience, <laughs> yeah, it works. Um, well, no, that's cool. I I appreciate like just the the breadth of stuff you've just uh, tossed on my lap to go check out. Um, it's a mess. I gave you a mess of crap. Hey, I I you know last episode I had Christine Larson on and she was talking about Mongolian throat singers and things like that and yeah yeah I heard that you know it's you know and it, and it was really cool stuff you know I wouldn't uh, classify it you know as a metal thing to recommend on the show quite yet but it's like no this was definitely really cool so yeah I'm I'm off I'm pretty open minded when it comes to music and when you mentioned like they've like that one album assassination of Julius Caesar was like synth pop. I'm like, I love synth pop. Like, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I would just like, you know, I'm a big Metallica fan and just like, you know, there's days where, you know, kill em all is, is, is the, the album I want to listen to or, you know, you know, reload is the album I want to listen to. You know, I, I appreciate having the shades <laughs> of a band and having mm-hmm. something even wider <laughs> from like dark uh recorded you know sounding like a recorded you know a lost cassette found in the woods <laughs> yeah i love that to, idea. to some synth pop like that that's very intriguing to me so i'm definitely gonna have to make it out of all the bands you mentioned i'm probably gonna have to make sure i check them out first i i would use any opportunity i have uh, to talk about black metal the, to get on a soapbox about ulver um, nice. and i saw them for the first time uh, in new york like they popped up. They were going to, they never perform live. You know, they've been very studio heavy. So they, mm-hmm. as soon as that popped up in New York and I live in California, remember I was like, I buying these tickets. I don't have any plans how to get there, but you know, <laughs> it's the first time I've ever done anything like that for them. I'm sure it was a, a great experience too. Hopefully. So you mentioned reload. Is that the one with until it sleeps on it? That's low. Or is that just load? That's uh, low. 
Reload's the one people like a little bit less because it was the um often considered the ones that are like, oh, they, these were songs that weren't good because they're all done like in the same sessions uh. that weren't considered enough, good enough to be on load. But like Reload is the era where I first started listening to Metallica. That has mm. like the Memory Remains or uh, with uh, Marianne Faithful and then uh, what else? It has uh, Fuel. The one that Give like all the, yeah yeah the one all the sports teams use now um yeah and then uh what else does it have it has it has it has some is really that a song good. about Gatorade <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to hear it on a Gatorade commercial sooner or later <laughs> who knows um there is no selling out anymore just get the money guys it's fine yeah no one cares <laughs> no one's getting it from record sales get get yeah. it how you get it um and them in particular they've they've crossed that rubicon long ago yeah yeah and they've they've yeah they've and they've also lost plenty of money on on endeavors so i think that's yes. the never movie that they did lost them like 10 million dollars something like that <laughs> through the never uh yeah um but yeah so and that and eventually i that that's what hooked me in and that's what you know i eventually now i appreciate all this stuff and all that but yeah um so it's cool hearing you mention all this stuff and I, like i said i'm kind of like dipping my toes into the black metal stuff and you know one of the things that really helped me with that is nosca the void um i'm not 100 percent sure where i first heard of it i don't know if um i don't know i don't know if because uh I'm part of the Facebook group uh, that Anthony, our you know buddy Anthony Johnson, that was what has, I thought. Um, yeah, has where he posted about it. I swear, I kind of I, I heard about it somewhere else. I know you had done some promotion for it. It's possible, or I might have been you know reading black metal and looking you up and seeing that somewhere. I'm not sure, but regardless of how I found it, I'm I'm super glad I did because it's really really great. Um. Was music something that was always concurrent in your life with art? Was there ever like a a battle between the two for your preferred career choice or Oh no. First of all, I do want to say thank you very much uh for the kind words and all the stuff that you've like uh you've been you've been talking up Nosk of the Void since you heard about it and I really appreciate that. Uh it's been tough to like figure out how to get earballs on things um i'm sorry i said earballs uh <laughs> that's but, perfect but I'll, yeah let me go back to that question um which was now i've slipped my mind you said is it oh yeah okay yeah we'll pretend that i actually just answered it um here is the answer the answer <laughs> is this is the first thing that i've ever done with music um other than just messing around like I used the same guitar pedal that I did get when I was like 16 years old when I got a guitar and didn't learn anything other than like, I think I have like maybe a decent enough ear to like put things together. I can't read music or anything like that. I just kind of like, I just, yeah, so it's, it's never been a battle. I never thought about recording anything. I never thought that's something that I could do or, or I had enough ability to do. Um, and that's kind of what this album was about for me was kind of realizing that I did, you know, mm -hmm. realizing the same sort of ideas that I applied to my art generally could be applied to anything kind of within reason. That's cool. That's, I, 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 you might've mentioned that to me before, but having like the same gear <laughs> when you're a kid is, is, you know, the same pedal and all that. That's gotta be, that's gotta be fun. Um, so 
I I know you don't record you don't record uh you you don't like do stuff all digitally. You you actually have, you know, mics and amps and stuff like that and and guitars and all that. So uh what what what's the you know, what's the rig you're running right now? What's the guitar and amp and all that that you're uh going through? Mm. Right now see I'm actually I'm actually I'm very bad at tech stuff. So uh I just picked up a new pedal. Are pedals amps as well? I don't know. I, I mean, there there's some pedals that are actually they got like tubes on them. <laughs> yeah. Uh that, that that it's pretty close to being <laughs> an amp. <laughs> yeah, so like like my digital audio workstation is just some crap that I got like 7 years ago with the intention of maybe making music 7 years ago and I didn't do anything. So now I finally put it together. I don't think it's really up to snuff, but maybe it was like kind of cool for me to just use something for black metal with that lo-fi vibe. Like mm-hmm. I was like, it's okay if it's not perfect. Um, and it, you know, it really, it was just about like me getting something done, like putting the energy towards it. Uh, but yeah, I just got a new pedal, which is like probably a very common one, which is the, the boss, uh, harmonist, harmonist. where it, I think that's, Oh man, I'm knocking over stuff. Uh, yeah, the harmonist. And it's like one of those ones that adds, um, like an, another note, mm-hmm. an octave higher or whatever, and you can mess around all these things. It also has like a, a an S bend, so you can like press on the pedal and then pull the uh, notes up or down or oh, that's whatever. Awesome. So I've kind of been playing around with that. I haven't recorded anything with it yet, but I definitely like how it makes the sound fuller. So like right now, and I, I got uh, speaking of Metallica five minutes ago or ten minutes ago, I got this uh, Kirk Hammett's like guitar pedal his company oh the kdh um, it's called yeah it's called dark blood because they said it was very evil and i thought it looked pretty cool and i kind of like the idea of like this smaller pedal company um yeah those no i've I've seen plenty of videos and those sound really good like yeah i don't i don't know you know comparative wise you know because boutique pedals are really kind of a, a big thing now you know people making pedals and yeah smaller companies and making more unique things and which is awesome, you know. I think that's a really cool uh, subset of the guitar gear uh, community. Uh, so yeah, I've I could see, you know, pedals are kind of one of the things where it's like it's kind of like uh, vinyl. Like I can't get into it because then I'm going to get into it, and then mm. it's going to be a thing. And then I'm like, I don't, I can't one afford or deal with trying to figure out how to afford <laughs> all mm. this stuff. <laughs> let's let's think of it differently. These things kind of seem to retain value. They do. Right? So it's not really like you're spending. You're just borrowing it for a little while <laughs> until you choose to sell it back for no loss. True, true, true. I mean, I've... Y- I've your liquid assets. I've more than done my fair share of like reverb loading and offloading uh, to, you know, upgrade a mic or, you know, get rid of a wah pedal to, to get another thing or something like that. So, yeah, I've, I've done my fair share of that. But I like, I like having all my stuff... Like, I don't plan on playing out anywhere. Like, I'm not, as much as I would love to play out live again somewhere, like, I don't feasibly see that being a reality anytime soon. So I'm Did more... you play uh, live? Um, yeah. Previously? You know, I've, you know, realistically, I've played out maybe like a, a dozen times cool. in my life um, with bands like in the early to mid 2000s. But, you know, I, you know, married, two kids, more than mm-hmm. enough. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of my free time is taken up with, you know, them and also, I don't know, trying to get 
you know, comics done <laughs> and, yes, and then trying no, to make I, the music on the side. So, and then, you know, at, at one point I'm like, I should do a podcast. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, so here we are, but yeah, I like, I like having everything. Cause you mentioned like the harmonizer thing. I'm like, for me, like, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Because I can go, pl- you know, I, I can go play a line, record it. And then I can just like duplicate it and pitch it up and do all that stuff and kind of hear it. But I get what you're saying. It's like, you, you got it like in real time, like to do yeah, that. And I have yeah. some and stuff. I don't know enough about all that stuff either to like, I'm just like, whatever sounds cool. I'm kind of yeah. like, eh. and you know, I got, I got stuff programs, uh, uh, good, you know, plugins that'll, you know, yeah. mimic a lot of those pedals, a lot of that stuff. But and yeah, more, no, I'm I, sure. I 100% get the appeal of, you know, my buddy, Dave Jordan, he's big in the pedals and I totally get it. I told you, it, it seems like a lot of fun uh, just having to mix and match, play with things, physically touch a thing to move it around. I do have, yeah. I do have like a little multi effects thing. Mm, uh, like a Pandora thing. I used to have one of those. A long um, time ago, this is but. the zoom G one Exxon or whatever. It, it's, it has a little pedal on it. And a lot of the effects are really cool. A lot of the presets are really cool. Um, so sometimes I'll mess around with that and all that but uh you know for most for most of it i'm just plugging it right into my interface and you know open up my uh workstation and just i'm ready to record whenever i'm jamming something just in case something comes to mind yeah no that's cool um i the the digital amplification in those things is pretty insane so yeah yeah it's yeah, i don't know why you would do otherwise well it especially and i think i feel like in the past like two years it's gotten really crazy with uh amp simulators um there's a uh a bass pedal plugin that i picked up a couple weeks ago that just sounds like the best damn bass rig i ever played out of like (laughs) like, bass is a little bit easier bass is a little bit easier to do um but like even guitars like there's so many companies doing amazing stuff there's this company called audio assault that they released a, a 5150 uh, amp simulator. Uh, 5150 is a very yeah. I'm, I'm terrible at letting people know like some because some people listening might not know what the hell a 5150 is. Um, <laughs> 5150 is uh, a guitar amp designed in conjunction with Eddie Van Halen, and it's been it's pretty much been on every single metal record that you can think of for <laughs> mm. you know most metal bands you know have a 5150 somewhere in their discography um it's a very popular uh amp and it's often imitated and it's uh often simulated (laughs) if you go online there's tons of amp simulators for it but yeah they just released one and they sent me an email like hey we got this it's on sale for like it's normally like 50 bucks it's on sale for 10 bucks i'm like all right i'll get whatever it's 10 bucks yeah i spent 10 bucks on stupid shit um so i get it i'm like this thing sounds like amazing like and i'm like a being it with like uh, a demo of a of a of, of something similar that's five times the price, and I'm like, this is like identical, like it's it's ridiculous. So if you're you know ever thinking about getting a recording and just kind of like drifting into the <laughs> digital amps, like it's yeah, it's it's real easy to get really great sounds. So much to explore, so much I don't know. Yeah, but you but overwhelming. Then, but then like you said, you know. You did something, you know how it works. 
Yeah. So now you, you could just, you know, you, you had, you found your method. It's all about finding your method to get things done. I think. Yeah. And it's just been learned. I mean, I, it's what I've been doing this whole time is just trying to figure out how to do it. Lots of error, lots of mistakes in many parts of this whole project. But, um, yeah, like I've got a lot to learn and, and that's exciting. And I'll get, I'll get, I'll get upset many times and want to throw <laughs> things, but I won't, I won't throw them. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, yeah. as long as no one's getting hurt, I think, and nothing's getting damaged. You may be throwing things here and there. It might be a little more cathartic than mm. you need it to be. Um, I find that I have to kind of overcomplicate things to like a crazy degree before I'm like, wait, this is too much. And then I can like pare things back and like start mm. thinking simpler. Um, I might fall into that same category. I was thinking about that yesterday. Just the idea of like, like starting at the, you're coming through the back door almost. That sounded really gross. You're going <laughs> through the back part and you're like, I'm seeing this thing as a whole and I'm trying to like understand it from the, like, you know, taking apart a car or something like that versus like trying to build a car from the beginning, like, or a model kit or something like that. You're like deconstructing it first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to get, you know, yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to decipher what this thing is in my head. As opposed mm-hmm. to trying to build to the thing that's in my head, um, yeah, which is you know something that's also you know I struggle with art wise as well. It's just like you know, but I think a, a lot of artists struggle with that. It's just seeing the thing in your head not being the thing that's on the page. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I'm a little. I mean, I'm a little more forgiving with the music, though. I think so. Yes, I'm the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> Starting off with a blank page, just nothing. That's a, that's not a thing everybody can do. No, you know, it's... just just starting with zero. Um, with art, though, man, like I I only maybe well, it's been a while now, a couple of five plus years where I've kind of transitioned to like solely digital stuff. Not that I've done a lot of digital comics work, but digital art generally. And boy, it's a lot easier to like uh, get get what's in your head out when you can just undo and erase versus mm-hmm. like physically erasing i have a very heavy hand so when i would put pencils down like if anybody ever got my originals which some people did um of like black metal or something you could see like the pens just scraped into the thing you know and 100 percent, i am with you all the way i have such a heavy hand that you know inking digitally is a, a, a godsend because mm. i can you know, adjust the the tip enough to where it's like, even though I'm pressing down to where I would have this big thick ass line, uh, which thick ass lines are great if it works with your style. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it 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 it, it basically it, it tempers <laughs> that that a lot. Um, and also, yeah, getting started digitally is it's a lot easier. I think uh, sometimes if I'm staring at the blank screen. You know, I just kind of start scribbling or, yeah. or like just like drawing something that's probably not what I'm supposed to be drawing. But then eventually, like you start kicking in like, OK, OK, so this, you know, then I can start doing this. I still I still have to do like thumbnails and all that. I find it easier to do those just with pencil and paper. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that that's easy enough. I can just do those pencil paper, take a picture of it on my iPad, blow, you know. Import yep. it into Clip Studio and then you know start refining from there. Um, mm. Technology, it's great. No more scanners. No more scanners. Oh, um, man, and like scanning eleven by seventeen 
and there was like impossible to find an 11 by 17 scanner. <laughs> there was like one brand back in the day is called like must tech or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The must And eventually it would break and you'd have to go hunt down another one. Uh, I remember we had, uh, we had one in high school. I was in high school from like 96,000. So that, you know, just in the cusp of like things becoming more digital and Photoshop kind yeah. of thing. And, so they had, they had they had like the eleven by seventeen scanner, and we had to be like, he scolded if we were ever like messing with it or anything like that, you know. Uh, I got this. And then cleaning it up, cleaning the art up after you scan it, yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's, it, but you know, <laughs> but now I got like a two hundred dollar Epson printer scan eleven by seventeen yeah. scanner that's just like been doing just fine for the past six years. Totally. When that, I think we got, uh, yeah, I got like the brother. I don't remember it's what it was, same, but it was one I of those. Think. But when that came out and you could get them for like a hundred bucks, it was like, this is a game changer. Now everybody can scan their comics pages. Mm-hmm. What a dream. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I miss, I, I like, phys- I like uh, traditional, like the penciling was always hard on that, like, like a hard paper, like Bristol board or whatever, because I would dig into it. But inking with like a brush, I love very, something very like, zen about that because i i you're not i can't be heavy-handed with it because it's just not the way that the thing works so i just i really enjoy doing this i haven't done that in quite a while like used real brush or anything but i almost have considered you know maybe doing like the line work roughs in photoshop and printing those out and then doing like traditional inks uh but that sounds like a lot of work <laughs> uh it is but it's rewarding i've you know get aside from like some sketches and stuff i haven't pulled out the pen and ink you know much over the past year and i have a short story coming up where i'm like you know i think i i think i just want to ink this one like only i was gonna say manually like like i'm not actually doing the work on the <laughs> yeah but i think i want to do this one you know traditionally as they call it um it's just because it's just i don't know just kind of miss i you know i like using nibs and i kind of miss hearing that scratch on the board and all yeah, that that, yeah. that little uh self-created asmr (laughs) just but yeah but then that one time when you just fuck up and you put your hand (laughs) down on the wet ink and then smudge it all over the fucking page Uh, yeah and then you instantly realize like why why you (laughs) were drawing digitally to begin with (laughs) or that time when you did a bunch of work and then you left and then when you came back your cat had ripped the page in half (laughs) it doesn't happen anymore and you had to stitch it back in photoshop Uh, get out of town yeah Thankfully, uh, when we had cats, my cats just they just prefer just sleeping behind the uh, the artboard. They didn't want to mess with the art itself. Kids, on the other hand, ah, <laughs> yes. Well, that is that is all your territory, sir. Yeah. Um, um, but I can't imagine how you can do all these things with also having uh, children very slowly. <laughs> That's yeah. Not, <laughs> so, um, but hey, I, as long as you're doing stuff and making stuff, right? Um, for sure, but uh, you know, you've you've heard me mention this on the show before. Like I, I do the podcast just because you know it's nice to talk to other adults. <laughs> yeah. Not that, yeah, not that sure. my wife doesn't count, but uh, you know, talk to other adults, you know, about you know the creative endeavors and things like that, and uh, <laughs> within a structure of a time like scheduled. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's, I get it. It's, you know, as you know, creative people, you don't get that office time. You don't get to chit chat back and forth and. If I'm honest, I was never one for that anyway. <laughs> I always had my headphones in when I was in the office job. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, so it's yeah, it's 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 the podcast is is just as much for 
my own sanity as it is to like, you know, try to put forth some positive recommendations and, you know, hopefully, Uh, you know, talk up some cool people. (laughs) Totally. And I think, I think you're doing that. I think the the show is very enjoyable and it's good. And like, I'm, I'm biased for many reasons, but you know, being like a a comics person or artist, it's, it's always pleasant uh, to listen to other artists talk and when everything can kind of overlap in this manner, right. Where you have a lot of metal talk and Mm -hmm. comics and, and whatever that's, so that's nice, you know. There's the Venn diagram for that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you is: so, for you, metal, like, was that something you were all like? Was that like your first music genre that you kind of claimed as yours? Yeah. Okay. Did you, so was oh uh, well, uh, we can get into it. When I was very young, I was into like Def Leppard and, and Poison and stuff like that. When that was on MTV, mm-hmm. I would see like Iron Maiden records at the um, record store and be amazed by Eddie, but like they wouldn't play that on MTV necessarily, or at least mm-hmm. the times that I was watching again as a child. But I, I have like a distinct memory of, of drawing like poisons logo on the staircase. And I'm talking about like, I'm seven, something like that. Yeah. Um, then I kind of dropped it. Then I got into like punk hardcore in high school, all that stuff. And then back into metal. And I came in through black metal. Like that's what got me back into metal. Oh, okay. So So I wasn't even like one of those kids wearing Metallica shirts at school or anything. Although I did get along with them. Um, I was like, they're sellouts, dude. (laughs) Um, You know, it's important that you listen to teenagers to tell you what's good and what's not. Uh, But it wasn't until, yeah, after high school that I got back into metal. I think it was like through Emperor, basically black metal. And then I worked my way out and then I got into Dio and you know what I mean? Like I'm going backwards. Like what I was talking about earlier. You definitely, you definitely came in through the, through the dark door. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like I had no idea there was a Dio Sabbath. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Oh man, that, 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 that's, that's very interesting because I've, I knew people in high school who had the cannibal corpse t-shirts and the, uh, the cradle of filth and all that mm-hmm. and i was just like scary yeah and i was just and and they were very much like the you know oh metallica sucks and you know pantera sucks and, uh, <laughs> or oh no no it was like it was metallica sucks pantera's all right sometimes like <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so wow that that's definitely uh i was gonna ask you what your first band but you mentioned emperor and all that so um was that you know coincided with comics is that something that you know or was comics something that actually yeah yeah and now that you mention it, i sort of so i was into like comics when i was young like it was a way that i used to take piano lessons which sounds like i was trained musically i was an awful student i, I did not remember or practice ever and i didn't i don't think i learned anything there and the the teacher did not was not really like one of those teachers that really inspired me you know what i mean so it didn't really ever click unfortunately back then but I would get comics out of the deal because I hated going to this piano class. So like my mom would take us to the comic shop like next door and, you know, buy a comic. Kids happy for like three bucks mm-hmm. or probably a dollar fifty at the time. Yeah. So I went through that whole like image, 90s image phase. I was like all in. I think I bought every image comic that came out that first year. Multiples of like special covers <laughs> and all that stuff. Like everybody did. Um, and then I kind of like, you know, got into into music and stuff like that. and friends and things in high school and sort of drifted away from comics and it wasn't until after high school which does coincide with with metal 
uh, that my buddy was like, hey, here's Preacher. Here's a bone. I had just like a friend who just had was into all like the cool stuff at that time and was just like giving me all this stuff. And my mind was just blown by all this like really cool stuff, because up until then, I was really like only familiar with superheroes and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So like concrete um, strangers in paradise. I don't know, like all this. Like the, yeah, so, like, lots of great like stuff. that mid to late 90s wave of like just. Mm hmm. Sin City, right? Yeah, yeah. Non superhero like, creator own stuff was which, which kind of like really set the set the bar yeah. and set the you know foundation for a lot of the comics that are out now. Yeah, yeah. And then I discovered Hellboy and I was like, I'm all in and I'm getting into metal, the <laughs> like Satan, the whole thing, you know? Great. Was um, was uh were you always an artist or did that come with the that- resurgence of comics in your life? Yeah, like, I was definitely the kid who was always drawing stuff in school, and I remember, like, I drew in, like, uh, seventh grade, like, all the Mortal Kombat characters on this kid's, like, book cover, and he was very impressed with it, but I never really, like, saw it as a career. I don't think it was something that my father or anything was like, uh, you sh- you can be an artist, it's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> He's an architect, so it's like, you gotta do something like that. Uh, but then when I got back so yeah by the time high school comes around i'm maybe sketching crap here and there but i didn't put much into it after high school i get into comics then i'm like oh shit i want to make some comics so i started making like mini comics and and then going to ape in san francisco and um i don't know you know Mm -hmm. just kind of from there so you know your comics making career you've, you've done a really wide range of stuff um you know you've from you know this you know, the black metal series that I've talked a a whole bunch about to, you know, you've worked on, you know, Teen Titans Go, which I find hilarious because, you know, I've a big fan of that. And then, you know, my kids (laughs) love Teen Titans Go. Um, Even though, you know, know, my, my daughter's five. So she's, she's, I think she's like just under what, you know, is probably the age that should really be watching that. (laughs) I I don't know how appropriate it is. It's pretty funny. I, I don't know how appropriate it is, you know, she she's you know a big fan of Scooty Booty. Um, <laughs> Scooty Booty. Uh, yeah, I think when they uh, <laughs> Robin was having to shake his butt for some reason, I forget what it was. I believe it. Um, I think I think I, it was a Goonies riff. Um, oh, and instead of the truffle shuffle, he had to do Scooty Booty. Uh, oh, okay, that sounds. And then it sounds like something they would falls do. Off or like gets you know. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. And oh my god, yeah, that's. You know, that's that's the uproar of laughter in this house. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, very, very, like, talented people working on that show. Um, really, really, really uh, talented people. This, like, fellow Pete, uh, who's kind of, like, running the show now, I think. I haven't been there in a while. Um, very talented, like, musically. So, like, a lot of the music stuff is, is his, and he's fully, like, powerful, like, animator in his own right and uh very impressive cool cast of people and like and very funny like that the writing on that show is is funny oh yeah it, it, I, I definitely it goes get, there too you know, i'm definitely laughing along with a lot of this stuff so you know i'm it was one of those things where like um i'm never i'm certainly not a person who's like oh the cartoons are just for kids you know yeah even, even like the younger skewing stuff because there's a lot of really great cartoons out these days um, yeah. that I wish I had when I was a kid, <laughs> to be honest, you know, because, you know, you look back at the cartoons we, oh. we grew up on. It's like, these are legit toy commercials. <laughs> yeah. Aside from like Batman, the animated yeah, series. It, yeah. It's 
you know, and then, you know, oh, a few years ago, my wife got me the X-Men series on DVD and oh, yeah, I tried yeah. watching that oh. again and I'm like, oh my God, this was best left in my memory. Like, as, <laughs> you know, and I, I still loved it and I appreciate it. I'm still probably going to yeah. you know, watch it, rewatch it yet again some, some days soon, <laughs> but. I remember going to like Pizza Hut and getting yes. like X-Men yes. stuff and like a, I think it came with like a comic and mm-hmm. it was all that whole thing and like trying to figure out when it was on, you know, this is before the internet. You're like, I got to get up at like X time in the morning. So I make yeah, sure I don't miss my, my, my Wolverines. Yeah. My Wolverines, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, and oh shit, Sabretooth's in this one. Um, oh yeah. I, it was cool. I mean, at the time and I kind of like, I mean, very ambitious what they were trying to do mm-hmm. with like the designs, you know, like, how are you going to animate this? And you've got these weird core shadows everywhere, yeah. but I kind of have an affinity for the colors. Uh, of it i i, I appreciate like, how they just went for it like they did like dark phoenix and they did yeah uh days of future past they brought like cable yeah. in like almost immediately is <laughs> i had no idea like too at the time like i don't understand what's going on yeah. but I, but now yeah it's kind of those are very big storylines mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I, I i really appreciate that and i'm I, so i'm not knocking the show so to speak i'm just saying like in terms of like consistent quality you know there's a ton inconsistent of, yeah um, yeah it, but that theme song nope Woo! It, it, it it's a jam you know and the whole intro too love it yeah who, who you know what you know i i'll admit i've you know played that on my guitar plenty of times <laughs> He's like, yeah. you can't it's the whitney houston song right yeah <laughs> whatever you want from me i'm giving you everything oh x-men there you go <laughs> uh but yes uh, <laughs> this is where we jump the shark uh, or I was singing Whitney Houston. No, this is where we get new listeners. I was like, oh shit. That's right. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag Whitney Houston in this, and then the algorithm will bring all these new people. <laughs> I don't think like, it's going to work. Uh, well, not to get her herself. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, any. That would be impressive, though. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll have we'll cross the void. Um, hey, you should do like a, have a medium on and see if we can like animate some dead celebrities through the medium and interview them. Oh. I, I, you know, I think Cliff Burton would be down. Oh, yeah. I think you'd totally be yeah. in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> I was, I'm sorry for no, the no, tangent. No, I, I, I love going down tangents myself, so don't worry about it. Um, so, when it comes to, to comic and all that, art and all that, who, who are your biggest, you know... I normally don't ask these types of questions on here, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I don't know this about you. You're, you're you know... Though you are on social media and all that, you're not like on Twitter all day, every day. You're not really posting too much about this stuff. And no, very bad at that. I am very bad. Or very smart. You're very smart, Mm. (laughs) I think. If you mean in in one sense, uh, smart because I removed all that from my life, you know, adding extra, like taking up space. But on the other hand, that's what you need to have a career now in, in like as a. I don't know what you call it, like a, just an artist out there. Like I have spent no time building an audience. So anything that I've had, I think it's kind of dissipated. To, not, that's not entirely true. There are certainly people that follow me and like my stuff and I hear from them and that's nice. But uh, I, I think I haven't really embraced it enough to see like more and whatever. That's a side rant as well. Well, you know, in my limited experience with that, it's, it's 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 not even a, cer- a certain thing like because you can you know there's accounts i see they have like forty thousand followers or whatever and they're posting stuff and you know 
you look at it a day later and it's only got like 15 likes or four sure. retweets and it's like there's there's you know followings and then you have to talk about engagement like you know mm-hmm. i had a stupid meme like take off <laughs> uh last week That's or something awesome. like that uh some stupid uh lettering meme and it's like at 27,000 likes or whatever and it's like oh that's crazy but i get i got like what two followers out of it and like that's, no yeah. and it seemed like for like three or four days like my engagement for whatever i would post normally expecting like you know a few of my friends or whatever to to like or whatever like that was way down <laughs> i'm like am i like, is it just me or does it seem like you know you know i'm just not you know, people aren't seeing it, or maybe someone was tired of seeing the meme shared and just muted my ass, <laughs> which I don't. Blame. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, that all seems kind of like a mystery. It and is. It unfortunately, is. Unfortunately, those becoming more and more important. You though. Know, you know, I think my my real like it's interesting to me just as an understanding of like why. I think my overall interest in like trying to boost that kind of stuff died a pretty hard death when. Um, I was reading an article and basically they're saying like, oh, if you want like a tweet to be seen for a link, you got to post about it, then like your own tweet and then immediately <laughs> post under it the actual link and then like that link. And I'm like, that's <laughs> that's a whole job. <laughs> like that, that, that's too much. <laughs> it's like, I know, I know, I know. Like may- you- may- <laughs> maybe if I'm really pushing for something that I'm like, I, I got to do that. You know, but at for the most part, like I'll, you know, you know, for the show mostly, just because again, you know, I yeah, I like sharing, you know, the show because it's I'm promoting other people, you know, not just not it's not just all about me, and so you know, I don't, you know, I'll I'll post, you know, a few times, you know, I'll I'll thankfully there's apps that make it really easy to like take a clip of the show and like make a little video of like ten seconds of it, and then I can just yeah. post it, you know. And stuff like that. So it's easier to kind of like, uh, I guess, uh, what am I for? like have that stuff be posted and reposted and retweet that a couple times throughout the day or whatever. But yeah, it's just social media is a, it's that, you know, they say it's like a necessary evil, but I'm, you know, if it wasn't for like a lot of the friends I've made and stuff like that, you know, I would not have it. Like I wouldn't have Facebook if it wasn't but like, you know, one of the main ways I keep in contact with certain people, like, sure. You know, yeah. Same thing with, you know, pretty much the same thing with Twitter. It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of out, it's outlived. It's like novelty or it's fun. Yeah. It's hard to say though, because I mean, it's also like, if you're doing something on your own, it's like, those are literally the only avenues you have to get anybody to know about it. And like, I don't know how many people are even reading any tweets really. No, uh, no, no, exactly, exactly. It's like, you know, again, you just, you know, the, the stupid meme that took off. Like, I posted it, I'm expecting, like, <laughs> a funny story with that was, I was making it on my computer, and my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just making a stupid meme about lettering. It's the Star Wars, the Anakin Padme meme or whatever. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen this one. No. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but, um, anyway, I'm, it, I'm making a joke about leaving room for lettering when you're, when you're doing comics. Oh, you know, I did see that. And I, I do recall that. Um, but I didn't know it was a larger meme. 
Yeah, but yeah. your point has been noted. I thought about it at the time. <laughs> so my wife's like, "All right, I don't get it." So then I posted it, and she's like, "She's like, did anyone like your meme?" You know, kind of busting my balls a little bit. And I'm like, actually, it was like 200. And then like, it just over the course of like two days, she's like, what's it up to now? <laughs> That's awesome. And then she's like, are you promoting anything? Like, I'm like, what? you should have NFT'd it. Oh, I should have NFT'd it. Oh, because <laughs> yeah. And then I could have just jumped off a bridge. Because <laughs> That's how useful that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, I expected like maybe 10 people to like it. And it was mainly a chuckle to myself. And it's like, oh, okay. And it kind of actually made Twitter unusable for a while. <laughs> I'm getting all these notifications and like, oh yeah, and it's just like, ah, all right. <laughs> Interesting though that you found a thing that specific uh, to comics industry people. Yeah, it, it, it's it's real funny where it's like, I I wouldn't expect that many people to kind of like get it, but it's like so many people were like, it's me, it's me, it's me, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm in this picture and I don't like it, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think the apex of it of me for me was uh a letterer had posted it on Facebook uh and then the writer uh that works with that letterer is like, Oh actually this guy the guy who is is doing one of our stories and then he's like, Oh <laughs> I hope he and he tagged me in it and he's like, Oh I hope uh I hope he's taking his own advice, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, or it's from experience at this very moment. Uh, so enough enough about my stupid things. Um, so, again, you know, to, to bring it back to, to Black Metal and to, and to the, the series and all that, um, was, was Black Metal kind of like the culmination of, like, all your interests? I know you worked on it with Rick Spears and... and, and mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, a, a collaborative effort and all that. But was was that kind of like your your like the high point, or I guess I guess like the the thing you wanted to the story you wanted to tell, the thing you wanted to do. Yeah, that was like yeah. this is the thing I'm known for for the rest of my life. Awesome, cool. And then like yes, you know, okay. It, do you see yourself like doing like I know you do um, the strip for Decibel Magazine and. Yeah. Uh, is is there another metal themed comic series in your future that you think or story that you have bubbling up or I don't I don't have any other metal stories bubbling up that isn't to say I I won't go back there like I do every month a strip yeah. for for decibel so I'm very much like keeping track of what's going on um I have things maybe that would certainly benefit from my metal soundtrack, Mm -hmm. uh, some ideas and stuff, stuff like that, that would be very familiar territory for somebody who likes metal. But I don't think I'm, I don't have any plans to do any, any new metal, uh, comics and and even black metal. I don't know. We didn't ever intend on doing more. Um, I would never say never, uh, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, I know they're, they're going to be publishing it in, France, yeah, France. yeah. I saw you guys sharing uh, that. That's awesome. So, like, I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, I want more people to see it mm-hmm. and, and check it out. And and who knows, you know? But uh, there's nothing in the works there. But at the time, yeah, this was like the thing. Like, I had done comics a little bit before, so I did a series with with Steve Niles called Secret Skull. That was like my first um, professional uh, gig for IDW way back in those days. Um, and then I did like a comics, a, sh- a short for the flight anthologies, 
about cats, like this cat with the nine lives that were like represented behind it, these little ghost cats. Um, and then I kind of, I went, I went to, I went to art school, like college. Um, and I sort of focused on that for a few years. And by the end of that, I was like, I want to do comics and I want to do a black metal comic. And I drew some characters and I was like, I really I had some ideas. And then, um, I was introduced to, uh, Rick Spears at one of those ape cons in San Francisco. And I showed him some of the art and kind of talked to him a bit about black metal. Cause it wasn't something that very many people talked about at the time, especially. I don't think most people knew have ever heard of black metal at the time, other than people that were into metal. So, uh, you know, we talked about it and, um, he came back with an idea. We pitched it initially to Tokyo pop and they were on board to do it. But when we saw their contract, I think we were a little, yeah, mm, I've heard about it. I've heard then, that story uh, a few different times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I, and at the time there were like a lot of really cool stuff was coming out. Um, very, like a lot of people that would go on to do uh, impressive stuff. In their careers were, were putting out comics there. Um, and they had an impressive office and they were all very nice. Uh, it just, I was, you know, we were kind of new to it and we were like, oh, it's kind of got, kind of got scared a little bit. And so we, and then we got an offer from Oni Press because one of the guys that worked there was into black metal. Oh. And, uh, there you go. Metal is a back door of its own. It is. It is. It's, it's a great, uh, unifier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, again, one of the, one of the fun things about doing a show is that we all have like, you know, for the most part, you know, every guest has been a metal fan. So it's like, you know, we, we all have some of the similar touchstones with all that. Cause you know, while I can't say I started in black metal, we can, you know, I'm sure we, we keep talking. There's going to be bands that, you know, and we've traded bands back and forth mm-hmm. uh, in our messages and all that, you know, we can find that common ground with just loud, noisy guitars <laughs> grinding away. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I wear a lot of metal shirts when I walk around and like, you're often run into people like, dude, awesome shirt or whatever. Or like I'm walking through, through Disneyland and so I'm wearing an emperor shirt and just like one dude just comes up. Oh yeah. Emperor bro. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, we could be friends. Maybe not with you, but generally speaking, you can kind of quickly know something. It's like a shortcut to knowing somebody a little bit. Yeah. There's uh it's really funny. Cause um, I was running one day and I run on a bike path and I have a X-Men Phoenix symbol tattoo on my shoulder. Oh. And I'm running, and I see this 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 younger kid walk in, and he's got like a really cool uh, Sepultura shirt on, or Sepultura, whoever you want to call it. Yeah. Um. So then I and I you know he's like staring at me, and I'm staring at him, and he's like points to his you know the corresponding shoulder, and he's like you know gives me the thumbs up about the tattoo, and I point to my shirt and give the thumbs up. It's like, hey, we're both fucking nerds. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh. But, uh, that was your best friend, and you lost. Yeah, that I just guy, you know, I, I had to get my miles. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your kilometers. Yeah, uh, is so. You kind of t- mentioned a little bit. Um, do you see yourself like in future comic projects, like doing music accompany to accompaniment to it? Is that something that's uh, kind of a an idea you have, or like an interest you have, doing soundtracks yeah. to a project or something like that? It certainly has crossed my mind. Certainly. I also feel like that would help. (laughs) I mean, help uh, move more, uh, get more people to listen to it too, right? If you have like this accompanying thing and it's like there's more to take in and the more you have, the more attention you'll get, basically. 
Uh, I've had people, some like local comic shops uh, suggest when I asked, I was like, well, do you guys want to, you know, maybe interested in having a couple copies of my record in your store that doesn't sell records. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And um, they've always kind of been like, well, what if there was a scene that came with it, you know, that explained how you made the album and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you can sell it at a bookshop or Mm -hmm. indie, like, or different kind of place. Yeah. So yeah, certainly. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and we've had this conversation before, you know, like I, I do music for my books and stuff like that. And, you know, we'll probably continue to do so just because it's really fun. (laughs) And, you know, I think, you know, when you're, I think a lot of the times for me, working on the music informs the story for myself. Like it helps me expand it in my own brain and like, sure. And do that. It's so, yeah, I look forward to whatever uh, music you have going on. Are you currently like, developing stuff for uh, another album or you just i know you like just released <laughs> nosk yeah, it's been a few months you know but um, you know it never you know creativity doesn't stop when or didn't start when we want it to so <laughs> no no uh yeah i've been i've got uh four songs that are in relatively good shape uh that i might uh be doing as like a split with another artist uh i i won't say anything about it because i don't know if it'll happen but i've got the songs and if it doesn't happen in that Form, then I'll put them out some other way. Well, I, I I'm definitely uh, all ears to hear that. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, it's. I haven't had a lot of uh, chances to talk with people who've actually put out <laughs> music, you know. And you went, you yeah. went a very traditional route. You were contacting, you know, uh, you know, metal journalists and, and magazines and stuff like that, and. I, I did want to talk about the video you did for mm. your song. Um, what it's a really awesome video. I'll make sure there's a link to it in the show notes, but you're kind of like, you know, being displayed in an arcade cabinet. <laughs> um, because Nosca the void is inspired by the video game hollow Knight. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Was that a concept that you kind of had, or is it something like, I want to do a video. Let me think of something. Or is this just, yeah, or is this something that just like popped into your head one day? You're like, oh, I guess I got to do this. Yeah. When I was like, once I had sort of decided I'm like, I had a couple, I had like six songs recorded at the time and I'm like, okay, this is actually happening. I started thinking about the visuals and I was like designing album art and different stuff. And I started having like video ideas that would just pop up and I just, you know, illustrated them down. I think my initial idea for that video was a little more ambitious, uh, and so it was kind of about like learning about, you know, I hadn't made a music video before or anything like that. So it's also another learning thing. Um, I had wanted to maybe like have some animated elements and things like that. But when it came down to it, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this thing done in time for when the album comes out. And so it's going to end up coming out later anyways, after the album's already out. And then blah, 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 blah. And you start getting to this point where you're just like, I just got to I just have to put this shit out, like get it out there so we kind of did a more pared down version of the video uh and uh and i think it turned out really well and it's like cool for what it is it's like a little black metal video i'm in an arcade cabinet the themes of that song and specifically like while the whole album is like about hollow Knight, i think the themes from that one you can find enough in there to directly tie it to hollow Knight. but it's also kind of about the idea of video games in general this like extra life kind of vibe uh which is like something that we as humans don't have mm-hmm. 
So this sort of like play on like the player and the and the avatar. It's kind of about that and and you know the idea of mazes and whatnot always brings up like Pac-Man and these like really cool old like vintage arcade machines. Um and I just like the idea of one just kind of just alone like a monolithic thing. Um something about those old cabinets uh really tickles my fancies. It's it yeah, it's 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 a really cool uh effect and you know, you mentioned your original idea was a bit more ambitious, but it wasn't like you playing in like an abandoned warehouse garage, <laughs> like industrial. <laughs> yeah, you, you weren't I didn't in a want forest. To be the same. Yeah, you weren't like in a room playing. You, know, you there's actually some production to it. You know, you made the like the little mini cabinet and you had the smoke effects and all that. And uh, I thought yep. it was I I thought it was really rad and really creative. And I think it definitely. And I wanted it to. Have... Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, I I I, I, I just was like. You know, I just I just thought it was really cool. You know, and I and I hope uh, you know. I don't know what the views on it or anything like that were. Uh, <laughs> not enough. Not enough. I, no. Uh, it, it should be a lot more <laughs> than whatever it is now. Yes. For sure. Um, Listeners, go out there and just, watch just it, it and give keep, it a thumbs up and comment yeah, on it. Keep playing it and keep playing it. Just keep. Don't skip ads. Just keep playing. Keep playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's like one of those videos to where like you're in. You're like, it's like it should be playing on a screen somewhere. Like when you're, when you're like in like some like haunted house or or or, or, <laughs> yeah, or like in like a be. really cool arcade or something, and it's all dark and that uh, video's coming on, and we're like, what is this video? Like, <laughs> yeah, like my initial idea was kind of to have like a couple more arcade cabinets, and then the camera pans into this one arcade cabinet, and then I was going to have some of the other arcade cabinets like slide away, revealing something else. It just became too ambitious. I mean, it's something I could have done, and I want to do videos again and maybe push a little further. But even what we did there took a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of sweating corpse paint off my face. <laughs> Very sweaty. I, I, I have to ask, is the corpse paint, is it just like a lot of fun to put on, but then after you put it on and you've had it on for a while, you're like, why did I do this? <laughs> I, I fucking hate it, honestly. Like, I think it looks cool, and I like corpse paint, and, I, you know, I really do. I love that idea. Fucking, I don't know. I, maybe I got to get one of them Botox shots in my forehead or something. Cause I just start sweating and sweating and sweating. <laughs> and like, it's just, I just want to pull my face off. I hate all the stuff on my face. Ah, but it looks cool. <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't know. Some people, maybe I, I don't know how those musicians perform with it on their, I'm, there must be like really good makeup and all this kind of, like yeah, I'm sure there's powder, yeah. to, but I still have no idea. So, Oh, that, that that does you know i'm i'm you i kind of made mention you know how i've been promoting nosk for a while and, but it's something i'm very happy to do because i think it's really cool it's really creative and it's kind of um kind of like a mirror to like what you know i would like to be doing and, and things like that like i would love to like do a video for a song and stuff like that and seeing you know something so you know just done with such passion you know and such like intent and and like and that and that has you know quality to it and like i said it's not you it's not just like you in a dark forest or or a black room or whatever you know it's it's cool it, it it's it's a step above a lot of more you know well-known bands and stuff and their videos and stuff like that where it's like you guys had some sort of budget, like couldn't you have done something? 
Yeah. Um, well, thank you. So um, I'm, 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 you know, you don't have to thank, thank me at all. I'm more than happy to promote it. Like uh, a big port, a big push for the show for me is to, you know, share things that I think are awesome and cool. And I hope people like, and you know, that's, you know, something that you definitely do, you know, again, you know, as I said with my, about my review with about, not even review my talking about the black metal book, you know, it's something that I picked up the first volume thinking like, Oh, this will be funny and cool, whatever. And then, you know, it turned into something that, you know, had a lot of heart to it and it had a lot of deepness mm-hmm. to it. And it was still funny and silly in parts and, you know, but it definitely, you know, was bigger and deeper and, you know, just epic, but also very personal at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, it, it, it was something very special that, you know, in my eyes, I'm like, okay, well, I'm more than happy to, to, to put this out. And, you know, then you had the album and again, you know, it's on the face, you're like, it'd be like, yeah, it's inspired by this video game, but, you know, knowing the story of it's yeah. like, you know, it's something you're putting out and then there's, there's deeper themes to it. And, you know, just the amount of knowing the amount of work it goes into to be a one man, anything <laughs> for music or comics. Yeah. It's like such, you know, a even deeper appreciation than I think, you know, the average person would c- can achieve with that just because they don't know how mm-hmm. much work really goes into that, you know, especially, you know, you, you know, you, you shared some of some of the behind the scenes stuff. You had it like mixed and mastered, I think in from Norway, I think it was. Yeah, I think actually Sweden. Sweden. Okay. I wasn't. I don't even remember. <laughs> um, yeah. Like. You, yeah, I mean, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You, you, I think went, you, went, you went. You went. You went through the steps to like give it, give it some authenticity, you know, or you know, really make sure it was this professional level of quality that you're putting out. And again, it it the record sounds amazing. I think it sounds really good. Um, even you know. Even though you know you're like you're you're, I think you're a little bit uh like yeah my gear is this yeah it's this this thing <laughs> this thing it's like it sounds good <laughs> like yeah you know well I I really appreciate that I appreciate the recognition of like or or, or you saying you know that you see how much I put into it because I really I put a lot into it and a lot of learning and all that stuff but I there's fears you have about like putting something out like i'm like well is it stupid to make a whole thing that's like about a video game that only x amount of people have played um will that close off the appeal to people who aren't in the video game even though you don't have to know the video game at all to listen to it um yeah so much so much to do so much learning and and all that so i really thank you for that uh i thank you for all the positive things and it, it makes me feel good not to think that it's not a piece of shit because like the <laughs> big concern, right. is like, all right, I've been listening to this. I've had friends listen to it, but not like the metal world or anybody. And then to like, have it come out and, and you know, like what reviews there have been. And I've got some like decent reviews have been pretty positive, you know, overall. Um, I haven't really received a lot of negative feedback in that that also is very rewarding. It's not about reviews, but it's nice to hear something because I think a lot of times you put stuff out. I think you talked about this before too. Like you put stuff out and you just, you just want to hear something back. Yeah, you know? you, Even if it's you, from a couple people. Yeah, you, or... you want to hope it connects with somebody. 
And yeah, if it, yeah. that's in the form of a good review, you know, it's, you know, I've had reviews of, of my art and stuff where people were, you know, heavily criticizing certain things I did. And then, but then mm. they brought up like, oh, well, I really like this page or the sequence you did because you did this. And that, you know, that pretty much negated <laughs> any of the negative stuff um, for the time being. Yeah. And, you know, being stupid artists, we tend to dwell on the negative stu- uh, reviews. Oh, but <laughs> I remember a review I got from Black Metal. I don't remember the guy's name, but he, it was for the first book. And he just like was complaining about how I drew the eyes weird. Like they're kind of floating off the face, which I don't really do anymore. Uh, but I thought it was cool at the time. And he poo-pooed it, and then I met him in person, and I gave him shit about it, and he felt embarrassed. <laughs> but also, like, was a nice guy, and I think he even like bought stuff off. Yeah, I, I engaged a reviewer once, and it's it. You never feel good <laughs> after you do. You no. think you're 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 fighting your the fight for yourself, and it's like no, I just feel like shit afterwards. Man. <laughs> it's not like I could stop. It wasn't my plan. I just saw the name tag. He's at my booth, and then the words came out of my mouth. <laughs> it, just, it wasn't like. Well, you, you, gonna... you brought up an interesting thing. It was like you said you you, know, you kind of drew the eyes a certain way. You thought it looked cool, and that's something that always is in the back of my mind. Whenever I'm doing something, I'm like, "Well, this thing I'm doing that doesn't that isn't like probably considered normal or whatever is that going to be viewed as a choice I made, or is it something I'm doing wrong?" <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, so it's yeah, it's it's, it's rough. But no, I, who can you look to even who can, like who can tell you what's good or bad? I think many people have very little room to talk about art in general. Yeah. But yet have no problem talking about it all the time. Yeah. Uh, even though they can't tell the difference between a, you know, a sketch and a finished piece of art and da 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 da. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. I mean, you know, when it, when it comes to reviews and, and, and criticism, things like that. You know, I have tears in my own brain of like, you know, how much mm-hmm. I'm going to weigh this person's opinion. And the first one is, you know, did I ask for it? No, then I don't care. <laughs> the second one is, you know, it, it does this person make things themselves? Then, okay, they understand a bit of the process. You know, I'll listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this great clip of the uh, comedian and the director, uh, Jordan Peele, going around. And he was talking about how to take notes from a studio or whatever. And mm-hmm. he was like saying like basically every note you get is valid. And he brought up an example of like just, you know, if this note says, "Hey, this is too violent." And you're like, "No, this needs to be this. This needs to be violent." You don't take away the violence. You you stop and you think, "What can I do to make this person feel the way I do about this violence needing to occur?" So it, it's smart. kind of like yeah, it's kind of like, okay, so this person's not connecting with this, even though I'm like, no, this is how it has to be. What what can I do to make them, you know, follow that train of thought and then connect with that? So Yeah, and he's talking about, like, notes from... Studios or whatever, st- yeah. Studios. Well, all of theirs are valid because they all want to have their, you know, they want to feel heard. Yeah. You know, and uh, you experience that in a lot of different creative positions. It was really about making them feel like you heard what they said. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, certainly some notes you're like, yeah, that guy or that gal or whatever. And like, they know what they're talking about. I will listen to what they're, you know, I'm going to think about this. Mm-hmm. Generally, you want to think about it, I forget, but uh, yeah. Well, well, you know, I've had an absolute 
blast talking to you. I'm pretty sure we can keep chatting away about metal and art and comics and stuff, but you know, I really respect you as a musician, as an artist, as a creator. And yeah, it's been awesome getting to know you over the past few months via Twitter and all that and finally having a chat with you and you know, I can't wait to see what you're doing next, either music or comic wise or whatever creative outlet you take next. Um I'm you know, I'm I'm down to support the Chuck BB train. So if you could let everybody know where they can find you on social media and find your work and how to, you know, where they can support all the awesome stuff you do. Mm, yes. Um, ChuckBB.com. I haven't updated it in five years, so that's great. I would, I would stress that everybody here, if you haven't yet, go to NoskOfTheVoid.com. Give it a try. Even if you don't listen to metal, I, I think there is stuff in there for non-metal heads. Um, if you do listen to metal, check it out. It's different. It's weird. It's my own thing. And it's what I'm most most proud of. And one of the only things that I've put out myself all the way through in a very long while. Um, I didn't go to a label or anything. I just put it out myself like a crazy person. And, uh, that would be where I would push people. Otherwise you can find me on, on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, I haven't started doing the Instagram thing yet because I'm dumb. Instagram's Uh, tough. It's real tough. Yeah. It seems like a, a wasted opportunity so far, but I'm kind of waiting for that thing that'll make me uh, treat it correctly, treat it professionally. Okay. So. All right, Chuck. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you for your time. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. And it's been great to talk with you. Looking forward to more. Thank you for listening to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. Please make sure to join me next week when I'm talking to comic book creator, musician, and creator of the legendary X-Man soft serve, Bob Quinn.